like shit. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare one. Tons won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. We get to friend. I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the random. What's up, y'all? Hilliard Guest here with the all-new Hilliard Guest's Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it what? Street? We keep it opinionated? And we keep it what, Lisa Lease? 100. Wait, we didn't, do, we didn't say that. On, we didn't what? We didn't do it in sync. Let's do that again. <laughs> okay. We're going to do it all for y'all one more time. <laughs> one more Back again. to one. Okay. Look. All right. Where we keep it street, uh-huh. we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 100. 100. Okay, that's what's better. up. All right, there we See, go. we had to go to church for y'all really quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? We all about entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always what? Screenwriting. Screenwriting, stories, exactly. and just what stories mean. Yes. And so, um, on this show, I got to do one thing, introduce my girl. Lisa Bolakaja. Who, who, who? Mm-hmm. What we call you? Uh, the Street Nerdist. The Street Nerdist. What? That's what we call her. What? And I am who? What? Hilliard Guest. What? Host. Who? Who? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. <laughs> I say what? <laughs> <laughs> See, we just feeling it, y'all. <laughs> I am Hilliard Guest, a.k.a. Hill Dog. You know what I mean? I love how you make that expression every time I can't you say that. that. I know. I'm going to have to snap a picture mean? one time. That's because I picture the little kids and they've been going, Hill Dog? Got the lips all out. Oh, good Lord. All right. (laughs) It's a ghetto thing. It is. It's a ghetto thing. Y'all wouldn't understand, you know. So anyway, if you grown, let's get it in. Mm -hmm. So today, I figure what we're going to get into is Lisa and I, one of our favorite topics, of course. Always. Which is the elements of horror. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just so many different things we could talk about horror. Mm-hmm. We could talk about the 70s. We could talk about today. The best We movies. could talk about the 80s. The best. We could talk about, there's so many different types of there horror. There were a couple of good 80s horrors. Yes. A couple of 90s. I mean, Definitely. it's not all bad, but we'll, we'll get into when I mean why the 70s was the best. Exactly. So, um, but I figured we could talk about all kinds of different elements of, of horror, like different elements you need in a horror film Mm -hmm. to make it work. I think that's a really important one. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cats out there that are writing horror. And this also um, um, transcends to a little bit of supernatural, also um, paranormal. A.K.A. dark fantasy. Dark fantasy, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. You know, slasher, we can get into all that, you know. And um, so let's do it. What do you think, Lisa Lisa Coke Well, here's the thing. You've heard me say this before. The 70s had the best horror. And mainly it's because the uncertainty that was going on in the 70s. Okay. Okay. We've talked about that before. The oil crisis was going on. I remember my mom having to get, like, depending on your license plate number, whether it was odd or even, having to get in line and get gas for certain days. Uh-huh. Like, it was huge. Like, when Carter was president, it was like, oh, are we going to have a car? <laughs> people, I mean, people had lost their mind, whereas the rest of the world was just, hey, we live in, but because, you know subsidies with our oil and all mm-hmm. that stuff too we were so used to having anything being perfect for being american that when any little thing went wrong we done damn lost our mind totally also the end of the civil rights i hate saying that but mm-hmm. it pretty much was mm-hmm. like i said before in our in our neighborhood the black folk who have money they bounce they was like what we free <laughs> bounce i'm out we can go move to the suburbs true we deal with that you know and so i remember my neighborhood a lot of businesses i mean i grew up in a time where black people own shit Mm-hmm. Like, my sister's father, he was a mechanic. He owned his own business, mm. you know? Like, he was the only person I knew of who would hire, like, ex-cons to come work. <laughs> you know what just occurred to me? What? It was a favorite little line what? from um, uh, uh, All in the Family. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> you know? But I clearly, like, I grew up, I think I was the last of my generation who grew up where mm-hmm. black people ran businesses, they did shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember going to the ice cream shop, black people. You know, going to like <laughs> stores, whatever. People own stuff, and they mm-hmm. were home. Like a lot of people, in my family, like my sister's godmother, she was Republican. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of Black Republicans, and they were like hardcore, but they were part of the community. There wasn't no division like we have now. True, but true. I remember that like, we own shit. Mm-hmm. But civil rights had ended. I remember my sister's father. He used to be in the Nation of Islam and an ex-Black Panther. <laughs> so you know, my upbringing was like Baptist. <laughs> Uh, partial Nation of Islam. <laughs> partial. Uh, just you know, it was just. I, 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 I'm surprised I am as sane as why, I am right now. That's why we call her. That's why we call her Lisa. Fight the power. 
<laughs> street nerds, I mean, by the way. My stepdad's <laughs> like his, his mechanic shop was like right across the street from the meeting place mm-hmm. where the Black Panthers used to meet. They used to have like their motorcycles and their jackets. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I, I don't even put my mom's like, get your ass off that street, get back in this house right now. And I was like, <laughs> you so trying I, to march with us? Yeah. So I grew up with all that, and also you got to remember it was like the real entrenchment of feminism. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of single women. True. There were TV shows. I, mean, I don't know if anybody remember this show, but it used to be, um, oh God, it was the one where the mom, it's like, it was like a phenomenal show when it came out, mm-hmm. where it was like the single white woman who was raising her daughters. Valerie Bertinelli show. Okay. What was that show called? I don't remember. It sounds familiar. Something, but you got people out there, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking <laughs> Somebody about. Somebody attacked it to you. But like. it was like, it was like a huge thing. I mean, TV shows like Mod were out, like mm-hmm. women, really strong women. Okay. Okay. So with all of that uncertainty and a lot of craziness that was going on, a lot of the horror movies in the 70s reflected that angst. For example, I remember watching Amityville Horror, and it wasn't the devil and the craziness going on in the house, because you know black people, we make it work. Like, look, look, shit, we don't put this money down for this house. (laughs) No devil, we gonna have a roommate. Devil's gonna be our roommate. You know what we do? Don't go in that room. (laughs) Okay. Like, hey, we used to that. Like, don't sit on the plastic. Don't mess with the plastic on the couch. (laughs) Don't go in that room. Don't go in that room. But it was like, I remember watching that movie and it was like, it was exciting. But the thing that stressed me out the most was the scene, and I'll remember 78, Amityville Horror, the original, Mm -hmm. was when the stepdad, he was paying for the wedding of his his brother-in-law and the house stole the money. Remember he had an envelope full of money and he had set it down (laughs) and he was looking for it and then he couldn't find the money and they were like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And he was struggling. Remember, he was a struggling, I can't remember what job, I don't know if he's a carpenter or what he did, but he owned his own business Uh and he had a right to check and he was arguing with the guy at the end of the wedding about Uh the check. Now, mind you, black kid dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> the devil was not making me sweat. It was, how are you going to pay off this money? They going to have bill collectors. They go- I mean, it was stressful because I knew what it was like to like. Because it was familiar. Stress- it was familiar. It? Like the horror. Like, and no child should ever have to worry about what, you know, the light's going to be on. But I remember coming from a single parent household, mm-hmm. stressing out when my mom, you know, would be like, oh, we got to pay these bills. And what are we going to do? I remember thinking like, oh, I but my shoe had broken. I didn't want to like tell my mom because mm-hmm. it means more money. Like I that was a lot of heavy shit sure. for a little kid to deal with. Definitely. So that kind of projected onto the movies. Okay. For example, The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. I was stressed out. She a single mom. <laughs> and the devil's in her baby. Uh-huh. How's she going to do her job? <laughs> she got to make a movie. She got to take some time off from work. That means mm-hmm. that sickly. Like, I was stressing for those things. Well, let me ask you. I mean, thinking about those two movies in particular. Now, you just named two of the biggest classical uh, paranormal. Yeah, paranormal, right? Those, would you call them paranormal? Yeah, satanic kind of crazy heart. Yeah, yeah. What are the elements in those movies that you that you love? Why do you think those movies resonate still today? Because I think with a lot of the shit that I had to deal with as a kid, Mm -hmm. a lot of um, I had to witness a lot of domestic violence. Okay, I had to witness a lot of people struggling to keep their families together. Okay, I think horror was a way for me to cope with crazy shit. Right. And it's always, I always tell people all the time, let your babies watch horror movies oh my because God, they, yes. will, they will not make stupid decisions <laughs> in their life because mm-hmm. they will always know, you know what? Mm-hmm. Bad shit happens. True. I need to be aware of what's going around me. Mm-hmm. So even though it sounds funny talking about horror movies teaching you how to survive, mm-hmm. it was a coping mechanism for me as a child. But think about it because as a kid, you would always be like, well, if it was me, I would have... You know, I would have ran into the woods and I would have grabbed that saw and I would have, you know what I mean? You wouldn't have did but shit. you're always you, thinking you about think you would do shit that. that you would have done. Right. So it kind of does teach you, right. you know what I mean? Right. Kind of would piggybacking off what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It kind of does help you to. And it had to help me be self aware with people because it made me realize that there are some people that are around you who are not what they always seem to be. True. And so as a child, I had to deal with a lot of, I had a lot of friends that were being molested. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of shit that was mm-hmm. going on. And so sure. horror movies were a way, they were really like my salvation because yeah. it was like, it's escapism shit too. happens. Yeah. This is how you deal with the monsters. Mm-hmm. This is how you protect yourself. You just, you're just ready. Mm-hmm. But also I think why the seventies resonated best is because not only were they dealing with a lot of real life issues, but also I think, the people just looked like real people back then. True. Like the faces, like they were real. Like you can identify with them mm-hmm. because they looked like your neighbor. Mm-hmm. They looked like regular people. A lot mm-hmm. of horror movies now, people mm-hmm. got their cap teeth, <laughs> perfect nose jobs, True. hair perfectly. Like go look at Amityville Horror. True. Look at Margot Kidder, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Stressing out, hair all, just whatever. I mean, <laughs> they were real people. True. And I think I connected with that. And that's the best thing that any horror writer can do is by creating characters that people can immediately connect with. Mm-hmm. I can't watch these films like 
the slasher films, mm-hmm. some of the films that we call um, torture porn. Yeah. Because one, it's monotonous and boring. Mm-hmm. Two, I can't identify. What? I am not going to identify with some big titted bitches running around. <laughs> oh my God, what are we going to do? First of all, you should have known mm-hmm. an isolated place is not a good place for a woman to be <laughs> with a bunch of guys and craziness anyway. True. You know, so people like Eli Roth, mm-hmm. I, cannot, and all of I cannot stand him. Mm-hmm. Not personally because he's gorgeous, <laughs> but in terms of the type of horror that he does, mm-hmm. I think it. I don't think it's it's good horror mainly because I can't identify with the characters because well, he's not he's not presenting you character he's just presenting you situation. He's pre- and exactly. How, and how cool can it be to cut up people in so many different ways? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. What I do like though because I'm not a big fan of Hostel and no offense to him at all, but uh, oh, be offended. What I liked though mm-hmm. was <clears throat> the things that there's there's probably reasons why we all love horror. Um, now you said something about. I think as a kid, you remember back when you was like three, sitting in the back seat, watching that zombie movie oh, with your my mom, mom. My mom, you know what I mean? And it's my mother's fault because when I was two, the first movie, and people, y'all shouldn't be doing this to your babies, but it <laughs> helped me. The first movie I saw that I remember at two was mm-hmm. Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Okay. Now, see, my mom is the same way. My mom is a big, she called them spooky movies. <laughs> she still called them spooky movies, which is hella funny. Spooky, we watch I spooky love movies. love it. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So me and all five of my siblings, still to this day, there's four of us now, we all still are like horror freaking mm-hmm. freaks now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what I was trying to say about um, Eli Roth's film in particular, what he plays to, I don't like the characters of his movies, which is part of the issue, mm-hmm. because they're stupid, let's go get high, you know what I mean, big boobs, let's go have sex with, oh, I met this girl. It's like stupidest, stupidest stuff. But he puts you in situations that make you go, remember the movie City of God in Brazil? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I saw that movie, I was like, okay, I don't even want to go to Brazil, right? Because that Are shit freaked me oh, out. I love Brazil. It's like mm-hmm. a, a reverse mm-hmm. when you see his movies. It's like, okay, do not go backpacking across Europe. You're going to get fucked up, end up in some <laughs> weird-ass hostel, and be jacked up. You know what I mean? And so that's what he kind of taught me was like, okay, um, it's kind of like black people's fear of the woods, black people's fear of jaws, black, look, fear look. of the water. Black, black you know people what I mean? don't fear Movies the woods. Movies fuck you up. We don't. Come on now. They fuck you up. I'm mm. still to this day. I don't want to go camping if I ain't in a fucking reel. <laughs> we had to stop. I need to be in. I ain't going to no tent. Motherfucker, you can forget it. I need to be in a room with windows and doors with a motherfucker. Because I take a shower two or three times a day. I need a shower. Okay. I need to wash my face. You're such, you're such a bougie camper. I need to be able to cook on a real stove. <laughs> <laughs> I need to cut my shit. Okay, it needs to be done right. I ain't, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. You would not survive on The Walking Dead, then. You'd be dead. I would not survive on The Walking Dead. No, you know, yeah. You wouldn't. I'd be trying to break in mansions You and wouldn't, shit, because you know the trauma, the trauma with you on The Walking Dead would be, if I was Michonne and you was just, if you were Bob. Uh-huh. The trauma for you would be, I'm still wearing these damn clothes. Oh, I need to take yeah. a shower. Whereas I'd be like, we need to protect the fort and protect the people. And you're like, <laughs> we can't. I'd be like, ain't there a Macy's or some shit? <laughs> and, be, and this will be me. Hilliard, look at the flowers, Hilliard. <laughs> They'd be like, Hilliard, how come Hilliard, everywhere we go? Baby, just look at the flowers. <laughs> how come everywhere you go, you got nothing but bags? Just suitcases dragging, making noise and shit. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I got my shoes in there. Oh, my um, God. I got to keep the white, you, so I brought that bleach so that I clean the motherfucker. You would not be a good horror movie character at all. Would too. At all. But you know what? Jumping on that point we talked about when you asked me earlier about why I like it, and I mm-hmm. think also horror represents, the, the, the certain element of me that I know and that I embrace is I mm-hmm. embrace the darkness that's in me. Mm-hmm. I love dark characters because I think they are flawed, and I think they're more human mm-hmm. than good guys and heroes. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorite movies, and I'm a huge Clive Barker fan. Shout out okay. to Clive Barker. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you for signing my skin script years ago when I came mm-hmm. to you to Dark Delicacies, and you're like, I wrote the script, and it was because of you, and he signed it, and I love him. <laughs> but one of my favorite characters, and I, I'm not ashamed to say this, mm-hmm. uh, my one of my monster boo husbands <laughs> monster boo is husband. Pinhead from Hellraiser. Okay. Because he is sexy, mm-hmm. he is suave. He just got bald and he, spikes he, all over his he, forehead. But he, and embrace, shit. He, understand, he embraces that humans are just fascinating mm-hmm. and they're very, very, um, there are so many shades of gray in humanity. Mm-hmm. And he don't bullshit with stuff. He's like, look, I know you like freaky, messed up shit. Uh, true. <laughs> and I accept you for it. I'm uh, not going to sit here like these regular folk who try to act like things are normal and be mm-hmm. good. 
I embrace all of you. Okay. And I love those type of characters. Mm-hmm. And like if, I always say, if I've been a Hellraiser movie, I'm going to be one of the Cenobites. <laughs> you know? Because one, they dress fabulous. They do. A they great be style like a motherfucker, don't they? You know? True. And as long as you're hanging around with Pinhead and you're not starting no shit, nothing's really going to happen to you. You're just mm-hmm. going to go terrorize some people. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, come embrace it and come to the dark side. Open the box and let's go. I mean, that's that's the world that True. it's in. And True. I love that. Characters like um, Tony Todd. Hey, Tony Todd. And mm-hmm. Candyman. Mm-hmm. Suave as fuck. Candyman. Candyman. Like, even Candyman. though he had the hook and he was going around fucking people up, mm-hmm. he had a good background story. There was a reason why he was fucking people up. True, true. And if you can give me a good reason why people are fucking you up, oh, I could accept well, you. Speaking I of that, accept you. speaking of that, now, listeners, I know we're jumping around, but we just fucking in, we just getting in, we're having a good time. So, speaking of that, now, when it comes to your script, <laughs> gotta tell you, mm-hmm. My biggest pet peeve when I read a horror, supernatural, paranormal, anything... It's not scary. Is, well, <laughs> there's that. But, because I know how to write it in a way that when you read it, you still feel a little eeriness. Mm. Even if you're not like, ooh, I was scared, because right. you and I are, you know, freaking horror buffs, so it's kind of hard to scare us. Mm. You know what I mean? It's really hard to scare me ever since I became in, you know, into directing and making films. Right. Because now I see how it's done. You know the process you know what of I mean? making So it don't thing. even scare me no more. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is funny, because I remember, um, I can't remember if I taught it yet at OBS, but I've taught it somewhere. I've taught a class on, like, how to, how to embrace a horror film. And not be scared because people are old. There are so many people who refuse to watch a horror movie. I'm like, here's what you do. <laughs> and those are the people who will end up dead in real life <laughs> situations. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I always like to trip on um, how I always always tell people about um, if you're scared of a horror movie, here's the best way that I found. There might be other ways. Here's my way mm-hmm. that my mom taught me to do. Years ago. With her spooky movies. Mm-hmm. When you watch a movie, now you can see it. Now you can do it on DVDs and you can watch the, um, the making of them. Right. You watch the making of a film and you see the zombie, you see the, the vampire, you see the beast or whatever getting the makeup put on. You see the dude in the suit. You know what I mean? So I can zone myself out when I'm watching a movie to go, oh, that's just a dude with a suit on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just takes a lot for me to be scary, which is probably why... Me, personally, I'm not a big fan of Paranormal. You know, it took me forever to watch Paranormal Activity, for instance, because I just don't care about that. I like more beasts and zombies and vampires and, you know, things, werewolves, you but know this what is I mean? how you watch the Paranormal Activity movies. Mm-hmm. You watch them at midnight. <laughs> I've you seen know, every, deep No, love. I see them every <laughs> single... Um, and this is good if you're a horror writer. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not going to write those type of movies. Every time those movies come out, every single one of them that I've seen, and I've gone with my sister to see them, mm-hmm. we go like the latest show, usually midnight. If they have like a sneak preview <laughs> Thursday. You want, you want the real me, feel. No, no. You? Here's the thing. Because one, in real life, mm-hmm. midnight, darkness, that's the witching hour. True that. So you're already susceptible to whatever. Mm-hmm. I like going to those movies and watching the paranormal because I like watching the audience. I like watching what scares them. Okay. Even though for me, watching those movies, they're like really cheap, you know, like, uh, uh, uh. but <laughs> I'm telling you, there's nothing like sitting there and being around a lot of people who are scared because that energy of fear is in the room. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I, like, I luxuriate in that mm-hmm. fear of those other people because I'm trying to study what exactly it is. Now, of course, when I'm seeing stuff on the screen, it's like, all right, here comes the jump scene. Okay. All right, scary, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But what scares people, and if you can master this, what scares people is what they don't see. Mm-hmm. And if you watch any of those movies, shit, when it's not happening, people are terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I could feel people, like, crawling and getting, and the longer you can sustain oh, that yeah. thing, mm-hmm. the horrible it is. Now, Definitely. of course, when all the scary stuff, people love, you know, you get that nervous laughter. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, God, that was scary. But it's that stringing out of the tension. But see, but see, that's why that that key element is to never show your beast. Oh yeah, you know, or your 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 monster until later. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? You can give them pieces. You see the hand. You see a teeth. You see little elements of them. You see the talons. You see the claws. You see just elements throughout until mm-hmm. finally, you know, page forty five. But, but or some because shit. now we have so many people who are you know who are neurodiverse, true, who have ADHD, ADD, and because Hollywood thinks that people cannot sustain and sit. And get to that. They want to give to the quick because, you know, if you're watching a film, people can't just turn the channel on a film. Mm-hmm. 
they're going to sit there and watch that. Mm -hmm. But I think what's happened now, they're trying to show so much. And the worst thing I hate is when I'm watching trailers and they give the whole movie away in the trailer. Oh, God, yes. And it's difficult because it may be because I know there's people who don't watch a lot of horror and they can still go see that movie. But for mm -hmm. me, it's like, <clears throat> that's not how you do it. You mm -hmm. don't show them everything. Mm -hmm. You you you. You thread it out a little bit, you know, Definitely. because they are going to be, they're going to make themselves more scared mm -hmm. than anything. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this. The only movie that scared me recently, and it's not so much a scare me, but it did make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy for that. <laughs> I was so happy for it. Somebody could actually make me feel uncomfortable. There is a little adrenaline I rush in feel, feeling scared. And guess what? There's a sexual tension there too. Oh, okay. Fear is mm -hmm. like having an orgasm, people. All right. All right? Because once again, the longer you can hold out that tension, <laughs> that payoff is like, boom, right? Yeah, and it's like having an orgasm. Okay. I'm not saying okay. I'm sitting there having an orgasm and watching people Yeah, she is. She's talking about she's sitting there having an orgasm. I'm just saying that same type of, that, that <laughs> same uh, effect is mm -hmm. happening where you're watching horror. Right. So last year when I saw The Conjuring, Oh. Like, the only reason why I went to go see The Conjuring mm -hmm. is because, number one, uh, two of the actresses that were in it, uh, mm -hmm. I think one was a Vera Farmiga, I'm sorry, Vera, if I mispronounce your name, Vera, is it Farmiga? Farmiga? It's Italian, it's fabulous. Okay. And, of course, uh, Homegirl, who's any movie she's in, um, I'll go see it, even though I can't remember her name. But anyway, if you, mm -hmm. if you, if you punch in The Conjuring, anyway... What I loved about that is, one, it was based on supposed, supposedly, because you know when they say based on a true story, that don't mean nothing. Yeah. But it was based on supposedly the people who had went to investigate the real Amityville Horror House. Mm -hmm. So, of course, me, being that 78 kid, tensed mm -hmm. out and stressed out over that, mm -hmm. I had to go see this movie. What? Mm -hmm. It's based on the real people who investigated that. Sure. But this is what they did in The Conjuring that fucked me up. <laughs> and I was so happy about it. In that opening sequence, they do like this little teaser about this doll. So supposedly these people, are, um, mm -hmm. they go and, and check out these things, and then they collect, they take whatever the the tainted or mm -hmm. supernaturally they possessed put item, room. and they put it in their house, which mm -hmm. is white people, stop doing that. <laughs> Don't. What are they, like, psychologists? Or something? They're, they're like, like some kind of... I don't uh, know, they're, they're paranormal specialists or yeah. whatever. But for some strange reason, when they go and investigate these cases, <laughs> they bring the horrible shit back to their own house, yeah, and they have a daughter. Yeah, whatever the thing so, is... So everything, that, they bring yeah, it in the house with a locked funny. door. So they did this opening where they did a scene where the, it, 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 there was this doll. and <sighs> Dolls. Now, you got you to you preface this, though. Dolls represent some of the most dolls, clowns, little kids who are evil. It's some, it's some freaky shit. Go ahead. They are demonic. <laughs> and I'm only flashing back to when I was like six. And I'm playing with my dolls in my room. <laughs> and my mom comes in and says, hey, Twilight Zone is on. Come check it out. Mm -hmm. And it was the episode called The Doll. Ah, yes. All right? With Talking Tina. Uh -huh. I watched that shit. Uh -huh. That doll killed that man. Uh -huh. He killed, what was his name? Uh, um, the actor who was in it, he played um, the ball-headed guy. Telly Savalas. Okay. But what was Telly Savalas' 70s TV show? Oh, God, uh, what was it? He was bald. He was a detective. Uh, we know oh the name. God, top of my head? I was Kojak. Say, I was about to say Beretta. Look. And so I walked in there, and I'm like, this doll killed Kojak. <laughs> and then my mama said, okay, you can go back in your room now. Mind you, that was a fucking long walk That's funny. to my room. Because <laughs> I wasn't very... Because you got dolls in I was, there. <laughs> I, because I wasn't very nice to my dolls before I left. Like, one of the dolls, I couldn't get her hair to act right, and I was yanking her head yeah, around. I'm like, why you got to just have hair? I can't... And my mother called me in there. Uh -huh. And so, mind you... I'm six. Mm -hmm. And it's that long walk back to the room. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I have to apologize to this dog because she's <laughs> going to kill funny. me in my sleep like Kojak. Speaking of dolls, we need to set up this doll you got sitting right here that we ain't talked about. <sighs> what okay. the fuck is this right so here? So here's the thing. <laughs> I went to Wednesday at UCR. Uh, University of California, Riverside has the biggest collection of science fiction um, archives on the planet pretty much mm -hmm. and they had a symposium on latino science fiction True. so i went because i love science fiction True. and i want to see what the other folk are writing about and talking about and one of my favorite writers nalo hopkinson was there mm -hmm. and she writes science fiction and fantasy and we both have a love of of black mermaids okay. so we were having during the lunch break we were talking about black mermaids and i'm like oh my god i love black mermaids and then she left and came back and she brought this um this black mermaid that she makes, she does. She's like one of those artisans who makes crafts, and she made like this paper mache. It's just fabulous, black mermaid. She's got this hold big on, hold hair. On. She got this black mermaid sitting here. I'll post a picture. On I'm gonna Twitter. have to do the sage in the room now. No, she and goes. she's beautiful. <laughs> the purple hair, and she's got the jewelry, and she really, she really is a representation of Yamaya. 
Um, in West African, a lot of our goddesses and deities, they, the, the people who come from the water and the ocean, and I'm a child of Yemeya because of black people in slavery and coming across the water, and some of us didn't make it and got thrown into the ocean. Okay. And there's some mythology saying that we turned into dolphins and all of that. So I have a love for, for black mermaids, because one, you don't see that many of them. But when she gave it to me, I'm like, oh, let me pay you for this. She mm. says, no, she needs a home, I'm giving it to you. Mm. So she's beautiful. Now this is a doll mm-hmm. that will not attack me. Mm. Or try to throw me down some stairs mm-hmm. in a horror movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is something totally different. And she's beautiful. And she's wonderful. And she's not talking Tina. Don't, okay. you, don't you let him talk to you that way. <laughs> Feel free to use your powers to bitch slap Hilliard if you okay, need to okay. over there. So, but anyway. Speaking of talking Tina. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite elements that I love in horror, sh- in horror films in particular <clears throat> is what I call the know it skit. Okay. These are... Those contained movies. Mm-hmm. Now I'm drawn like whenever I'm like, <laughs> I can't even say I'm in a, in a video store no more. But like whenever oh, I'm on Netflix or anything, I'm looking at all those different movies mm-hmm. that are like contained where somebody gets trapped somewhere. Exactly. You know, you turn. You know what I mean? Those type of movies mm-hmm. like that. I'm looking at how does somebody escape or get 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 out of a situation? Mm-hmm. You know, trapped in a house. Uh, feast. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? All those different things where somebody's stuck somewhere. They end up there. They gotta lock themselves in somehow. How do they get out? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the element is, right. they're in one location. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've always been attracted by that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and funny because I even think about, even though they move around the compound, if you will, and like Friday Thirteenth and stuff, he always contains them in that spot so they can't just go away because now they're in the middle of the woods. Right. You know what I mean? So I just, I just love those type of. Um, those type of movies. Just curious of what, and they're hard what to you're do, drawn and to. And they're hard to do with those type of movies mm-hmm. because a lot of times then it gets monotonous. Okay. Then it becomes like the whole bickering with the group. Well, we should mm-hmm. leave. We should do this. And I think that they don't elevate it because they don't really know where to go mm-hmm. with that. And it just gets boring. And it's like I almost feel like movies that I'm drawn to are, or scare me the most <clears throat> are movies where someone has been living in a community or someplace and it's been normal. Mm-hmm. Something goes wrong, and the people that they thought they knew mm-hmm. are totally different from what they oh, yeah. thought they were. It's almost right. like the Hitchcock, you know, kind of thing, sure, or the sure. Everyman. So you like a little psychological? I really do like psychological mm-hmm. because I think, to me, it's more realistic, mm-hmm. and it makes me all. And I love to be able in positions when I'm watching these movies where it's like, well, what the fuck would I do? <laughs> and what I love is when movies do the shit that I think they would do, and stuff still goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, oh fuck, I don't know what the fuck. Then you got me. Sure, like you got me. There's a movie from Spain that came out. I want to say. Um, Maybe in early 2000. It's called Thesis. Mm-hmm. Thesis. It's called, well, it's in English, it's Thesis because uh-huh. the student is a grad student. Mm-hmm. But it's T E S I S. And basically, the premise is this is a woman who's working on her thesis about violence against women. Okay. And she's doing snuff, uh, she's, uh, she's doing research on snuff films. If you don't okay. know what snuff yeah. films are, just Google them. They're, they're <laughs> pretty disgusting. Mm-hmm. But as she is investigating, she comes to find out that someone in her department at her university is involved. Oh, okay. And it's really scary because the people that she thinks she trusts or knows, it comes to find out that she doesn't really know them that well at all. Mm-hmm. And because it's set in an academic setting and it's a strong female lead, mm-hmm. and she does all the things that I would have done okay. and still finds herself in a really messed up situation, mm-hmm. like I was like so tired. When that movie, I was so tired when that movie, I was drained emotionally because mm-hmm. God damn it, she did everything I would do and it still went wrong and it was just so intense. So if you can give me a movie like that, whether it's a monster movie or where the characters do everything in their power that you would do mm-hmm. as that person mm-hmm. and stuff still goes wrong, I'm invested because now I want to figure out, well, how are you going to get out of that? Because I, sh- I would have left, but clearly leaving mm-hmm. was the bad thing to do, sure. you know? Sure. Now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I think if you can hold on to that and just string that out, oh, God, you got me, you got me, you got me, you got well, me. Well, I think, and see, I think, now you're saying that, I think the way to, to string that on, though, depending on the genre, is to kind of have a tease mm-hmm. where you do little elements of, you know, excuse me, that little suspense where somebody's walking down, you know, a dark hallway and you hear something creaking, you, you, the cat jumps, you know what I mean? You have all those different elements, you know, shit, those, shit. that's important. And back to The Conjuring with uh-huh. that doll, there was, a, all it was, the teaser for that movie was mm-hmm. there was like this doll. It was like a big, pretty big porcelain yeah, doll. Big, yeah. And it was too, too, too. And, 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 and I'm sorry, this, I'm giving you a spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen The Conjuring from last year. They should have seen it. You should have seen okay, it. Okay, they, they had a year. But I'm just saying, if you haven't seen it, 
stop this, mm-hmm. go watch that, and then come back. But it's two roommates, two mm-hmm. girl college roommates, and one of them has this doll. And the doll, it already looks kind of demonic. I'm always suspicious yeah, yeah, of porcelain yeah. dolls anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is crazy anyway. Mm-hmm. And just symbolically, it's just it's it has to do with vessels and hiding things that are bad inside mm-hmm. of vessels, kind of like the Pandora's box thing. Mm-hmm. So dolls are always kind of symbolic that mm-hmm. way. So I'm already fucked up with that anyway. <laughs> but then the doll disappears, right, from the house. Mm-hmm. And then the bitch, the, I think she throws her away. I can't remember exactly. Either she throws the doll away. Yeah, I think she throws the doll away because like the doll's like, we can't have this in the house. The doll comes back and starts knocking on the fucking door. <laughs> and I'm like, don't answer the door. You know, you know it's the doll. But there's this moment where she goes, and I think she does open it. And I can't remember if the doll was there. But anyway, that whole opening teaser, and they call the people mm-hmm. who were investigating the Amityville Horror mm-hmm. House. And they're like, you got to do something to that doll. And they do something. They grab the doll. They lock the doll up. I was in that movie. Now, that whole <laughs> sequence only took maybe 10 minutes at the most. Sure. But what it did was this. One, it set me up in the world of what kind of fucking danger we're dealing with. Got to. All right? Okay? Mm -hmm. You got dolls who are demonic, who you throw them away, Mm -hmm. and the bitch will come back and knock on your door like, (laughs) why did you? So I'm like, the doll moves and is doing crazy shit. And number two, it introduced the characters. Like, these are people who are caring and who, they're it's not really getting I almost got goosebumps just, I know. just picturing it because I remember not, that yeah. moment. You know? But the, here's the thing. I don't think these people were really being paid for their job. It's just mm. that they had something in Because the woman had, like, the ability, clairvoyance, to know when something was wrong or True. bad. And they took the doll mm-hmm. and they took it to their house and locked it up. Mm-hmm. So one, it told me, okay, these are people who are compassionate they understand the level of evil. Mm-hmm. They know that shit is real. Mm-hmm. They're a couple. They're married. So they've been doing this for a while. True. You know, they have a child, and they're bringing the shit to their child's home, and it's like, this is some real shit. So when they go on to the next adventure in terms of the character, the protagonist of our movie, mm-hmm. they had me. Mm-hmm. They had me from knock, knock. <laughs> well, Don't answer that door. Well, I was to in me, it. Well, to me, they kind of brought those, those two characters in um, in particular, because you need somebody to investigate. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody has to play that role to be the detective, if you will. And, and that makes <clears throat> that, that that detective is you. The yeah, viewer. it could be you, or right. it could be you know whatever character you right. bring. Right. But but in that particular movie, it's like they were there mm-hmm. to investigate to find out what the evil mm-hmm. is. You know, how do you solve this? Right. Evil, if you will. You and know it had I mean? that 70, and like I said, it had that 70, oh, 1978 feel in terms mm-hmm. of you got a family of struggle. They had mm-hmm. a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. You can tell that, you know, just having a family and trying to to raise children and live on a budget in the 70s and just dealing with stuff, it heightened that tension once again. One, it's not like they can just fucking get up and go to a hotel and stay there for like months until the situation clears. Mm -hmm. Money is tight. It's real life. Everyone can relate to that. Making mm-hmm. the bill. We can't leave our house. I know we got Satan. And it was the first time I ever had like white people in a movie where they were like really thinking about we can't really leave. Like we <laughs> can't. Re- I mean, some part in the movie I think they did leave a little bit and then come back. But it was just like we can't really afford mm-hmm. to do that. So it made me feel like being black in America. Yeah. Like I can't really just leave. I mean, racism shit happens. I know mm-hmm. we still dealing with Sterling and the Clippers and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, shit happens. <laughs> and it's not like, you know, like I heard a lot of people. I'm like, y'all need to shut up. They're talking about the Clippers, that they need to just quit playing basketball. We need oh, to pull... I'm like, bitch, how, you, how do you think we got through slavery? <laughs> how many people at my job right now signing my checks who uh-huh. got some fucked up thoughts? It's like, it, it, it teaches you how to cope and deal and struggle and just sure. get just do the do. Do mm-hmm. what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. So it was like, man, when I was watching this movie, like they can't just leave and they're struggling and crazy stuff is going mm-hmm. on. Emotionally, I was invested and I was engaged. And even when they did that little clap clap game, oh, and, yeah, they, and they yeah. had the best setups in this movie. Wait a minute, let's talk about the trailer okay. alone was one of the biggest viral trailers in year. It was huge. And I did have a fear that they were giving Based away the movie, that, but they didn't. They did, which is funny because I sat there. I wasn't scared when the clap happened because I knew it was coming because I saw the trailer. Right. But they got you. But the, but the tension of wondering when it was coming oh my God. is what was right. perfect. Right. You know, they just weighed it out. Nope, this ain't the one we showed you. So in case you, did, in case you weren't in with the clap clap, basically it was a game the family plays with their kids. It's kind of like hide and go seek. And basically the person who's looking for everybody to give them hints to kind of mm-hmm. know where to go, the kids would clap their hands. Mm-hmm. And so you'd hear that and you'd try to run and find out, you know, where they are and they mm-hmm. would try to give you hints. So of course you know the monster, the boogeyman, the spirit, whatever, was going to do that clap back mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. But because they had been playing the game so frequently, 
like you said, you didn't know when it was going to happen. Sure. And when it did happen, it messed people in the audience up. It didn't get me mm-hmm. because I was waiting for it, but I loved the delicious tension. It was a it was waiting. a brilliant oh, gimmick, God. if it you was. will. It was a gimmick. That, it was. It was a gimmick that 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 got you that we hadn't seen in a mm-hmm. movie before done like that. And this is a movie we've from, seen kids yeah. play tag. We've seen them do, but right. we haven't seen them. And like I think that. what it had was it had that seventies aesthetic that it I totally liked. Did. The people who they had for the actors. Yeah, I was like, even mom and dad, they were they like, they were like regular Joe definitely. Schmoes. Like you can you can go to Walmart and see these people mm-hmm. right now. You know that True. that's that level of realism True. that they True. had. Of course, it was a '70s, so the clothes and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they used a lot of like no name, unknown, not really famous mm-hmm. actors. So I already liked that when Which you're made casting. It feel yeah, really, it really real. real. I mean, they definitely. had a couple of names that mm-hmm. were well known, but because they're really good character actors, you were able to like let that go. But in terms of getting back to, in terms of screenwriters, especially those of us out there who are writing this mm-hmm. type of stuff, I think one of the biggest mistakes we do is we don't really look at source material mm-hmm. when we're writing mm-hmm. horror. A so lot we think, of, we think yeah. we're being all original. So what I'm saying is this. <laughs> a lot of filmmakers now, like the Eli Ross that I mentioned and those of his ilk, you know. I didn't say. Hey, I'm, no, I'm just telling, <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you the really real. I think a lot of these cats, they come out and they grew up on the same type of movies that sure. I did. They grew up on the same type of TV shows that I did. Yeah, these are horror cinephiles. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying, I mean, I don't know him personally. One mm-hmm. day, maybe we can chop it up and I can tell him, let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is I think a lot of filmmakers uh, in general, a lot of their um, experience in terms of horror mm-hmm. is films that have already been done. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they honestly know what real horror is. Okay. And so as a horror writer, I think you really have to start reading books Yes, you do have to watch horror movies to see what has been done before. But I think also you've got to watch foreign horror. You've got to be able to look outside of the United States and Mm -hmm. stop looking at American basic horror. It's okay to like vampire movies and werewolves and things like that, Mm -hmm. but you've got to look at other cultures so you can mine and figure out what really scares you. And I think as a writer, you have to understand what really scares you. Like I said, my thing is when the world is normal, and then something changes where the people you thought you knew, mm-hmm. for example, uh, Invaders from Mars is one of my mom's favorite movies. And that fucking messed me up because mm-hmm. Invaders from Mars, the little boy is trying to tell people Martians have landed True. and the Martians are secretly taking people away mm-hmm. and then they send them back. And it's almost like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatcher. They mm-hmm. are not the same people that mm-hmm. they were before. Sure. They're still them. They still sound like themselves, but there's something so off. And as a child... A child being able to explain that, like, no, that's not my mommy or daddy. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, what are you talking about? They're cooking dinner, taking care of you. No, there's just something off, and you can't explain what that offness Definitely. is. Definitely. That messes me up. Understood. Every time. Understood. Every time. Now, that plays into your childhood. It's not control, but it plays into something about... It does. It's you know the lack I mean? of control. Yeah. Because of all the violence and stuff I've had to deal with in my childhood mm-hmm. and witnessing things... Mm-hmm. Where I did not people have don't control. Believe yeah. You. Or people, I did not have control as a child in terms of what was happening to my life. True, true. And I felt like certain adults that were in my life weren't able to do that either because they didn't have those safety nets. Then it made me realize that I cannot, I have to be in control of certain things to make sure I'm okay and I'm happy. Okay. And so that certain psyche that I have that's embedded in me. Mm-hmm. I project that in all the films. So films that really scare me is when I don't have control of what's going on or where things start to go bad, like the opening of, of um, for example, when we talk about 20 Days Later or even mm-hmm. with uh, The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. when he wakes up and you're mm-hmm. like, he has no control over what's going on. Here's mm-hmm. somebody who's been a police sheriff sure. and he's the one who control and making sure there's order. Mm-hmm. Now there's no order. Mm-hmm. And now what is he going to do? Mm-hmm. And you can totally relate to that. You know, and you're totally life, relate to you that. Know? Totally relate to that. Well, let's talk about this because... Two of my favorite times in a movie are if it's a great opening and then that final confrontation between you and the beast or you and the spirit or you and the whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little because <clears throat> I think what happens is a lot of times I'll read somebody's script and earlier in the script there was a big battle <laughs> that was better than what happens at the end. Exactly. It's like they need to be little moments that add up. You need to either flip it. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Or have it, you know, escalate to the point like it's it has the to end escalate. Off, right? It has to escalate to a point where um, they're backed up against the wall in a way mm-hmm. that it, that they didn't expect. And that's why I always think it's really, really important that there was a reason why you were talking about the Conjuring, where they made the woman have um, what did she? What would you say? She has what? What she kind of clairvoyant? She's clairvoyant. Yeah. They mm-hmm. made her clairvoyant for a reason. Because without that, she wouldn't have been able to take that 
that that's yeah, because the moment she walked in their house, she's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, but so I always tell everybody, don't just make up a character. Oh, he's a lawyer. Oh, he's a doctor. Oh, he's a whatever. It's like, but why? Mm-hmm. So if, if you live in a house that's haunted, you know what I mean, and, and he's a, say uh, he's a doctor, right? Um, I can't, what's that? M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie. You stop <laughs> messing his name up. M. Night, don't listen I to say him. About, he knows. I still think he's one of the best. All right. Um, the one he did with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, oh, the signal? No, sig- not signal. Was it signal? No. Signs. Signs. All right. And Mark- no, 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 no. Was it? No, no, no. that was not right. Signs. It was, uh, the, was it The Happening? The Happening. The Happening. That's it. I knew it was one of those First things. of all, that was not a good title. <sighs> But in the movie, <laughs> let me let me explain. In the movie, he was uh, he did something with the earth. He did something. What was his what was his job? He was like a professor. Um, I can't remember what he did. But I just, he, I'm not a Mark Wahlberg fan. Because in the movie, he was he, he was supposed to um, he was supposed to um, I forget what they call it. But whatever the ability he had didn't work. Was he a professor that knew how that knew about plants? Yeah, he knew about or, plants or, and stuff. That's what it whatever was. Whatever. Okay. Because it was something in the plants that was causing all this stuff. So I always tell everybody, give your hero uh, an ability that he doesn't even recognize mm-hmm. is going to help him later on. Mm-hmm. Now, they gave him this ability, but he never really uses it in the end mm-hmm. to help them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't realize this is the ability I needed mm-hmm. to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I know how to fix cars, so when we're stuck... I'm going to be able to start the car and get us out of here. Mm. You know what I mean? Whatever mm. the ability is you need to help you escape from that big confrontation. Or even the idea of a flaw, a flaw that, you know, it sure, hinders you thing. in your real life. Sure. But you know what? It's something that actually exactly. saves you in the end. Exactly. That's interesting because, um, I don't know, I, I always feel like I don't, a lot of horror movies, and I know from the horror movies um, from like the 50s and 60s, a lot of them, the protagonists and things like that, or even just sci-fi movies, a lot of the protagonists were like scientists. True. Or they're like genius academic. We can mm. explain everything. And those are fine, but I like everyday people to be the heroes. And I don't necessarily need them to have, I don't know, kind of deviates from your idea. I kind of like the idea of them not just being everyday Joes mm-hmm. and just being thrown to a situation and they have to like develop their skills. It's like, okay, we're going to throw you off the cliff and now you got to mend your wings on your way down <laughs> and figure it out. Not so much like, I have wings, a parachute, uh, I know it's there. Oh, at the minute, oh yeah, I forgot, I got a parachute and do mm-hmm. that. You know, that, I mean, some people like that. Like you said, you, you tend to prefer that, but I, I almost like it where... It makes it more real for me. No, they discover. I okay, they can to, discover it's, it. Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's an ability that they had that they didn't realize. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna, it's kind of the same thing you're saying. It's part of the flaw. Okay. It's, it's, it's either something that they do mm-hmm. that helps them, or it's, it's a flaw that they've been avoiding forever mm-hmm. that helps them. It kind of reminds you know me I mean? of, remember in mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead, the opening? Mm-hmm. And what probably saved him mm-hmm. in the opening was because his life was so bland and so predictable sure. that he had totally zoned out. So as he zoned out, he almost became almost invisible to the zombies because he just kind of went on his trip. People were getting messed up around. He mm-hmm. didn't even notice mm-hmm. because he was just like, oh, my life is mm-hmm. just whatever. Don't mm-hmm. up. And it took him a while to realize, oh, shit, people are zombies. Yeah, because it really was about him learning that life was really was important. But and then it, he, it, it, it's about him coming to life himself. He was True. already a zombie himself. I see. And at the end for his mm-hmm. arc, it was like, my God, life is worth living. And it's not about me just having this little frumpy dumpy job. You know, I need to be aware and I need to be engaged with the world. Definitely, but see, that's why at the end of the movie, people don't think people always think in a movie, in a horror movie, that oh, you know, it's about you know people you know trapped and then they get away and everything's great. And now the aftermath is civilization is turned back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. But your hero still has to go through something, you know, throughout that, mm-hmm. you know, in order for that to be a satisfying film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And another thing I think that always happens at the end. Is is that like the evil still lurks? You know, all of a sudden, you know, the movie ends and people are walking away, and we we pan to the bushes, and all of a sudden, a hand comes out of the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always some little. It's to me that I call that almost like a Hollywood ending. Yeah. Like it, you always have to have. To a, me, the best ones are when they may tr- they may pan off, but then mm-hmm. nothing happens. Mm. To me, that's more unsettling because mm. then it's like in your mind, it's like, what, well, what are they saying? Are yeah, they saying yeah, this yeah. can happen again? This mm-hmm. is not going to happen because we're so used to that, you know, the end night show. Hey, pop up adventure. Hey, it's going to happen sure. again. Setting you up for the sequel. Sure. To me, it's when it's like it just kind of just kind of goes off like they're walking away and it kind of pans off to a tree. Mm-hmm. The tree kind of flutters. But then that's it. Well, to me, that's this, more unsettling than. And then I have this discussion. Here. I have. Um, or the <clears> baby. <throat> you look at the baby and the baby's got devil eyes now. You know, it's like, <laughs> eh, we've seen that. Before. I have this project that's. 
been in development hell for over a year now. And um, it's called Mutilated. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's the one where you changed the title. Yeah, changed the title. Yes. And the 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 producer asked me if we could make it have more of a sequel at the end because right now it ends with our hero, um, the young girl. She gets in the truck with with they've been waiting forever for the truck to come. The truck finally does come. Nobody believes it's really going to come. She gets in the truck, in the truck, and takes off as she lights a fire, and the and the, the 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 tavern goes ablaze. Mm-hmm. And he was like. It's it's like an emotional ending. She's teary and she's looking out the window. Nobody else survived but her, mm-hmm. you know. And he was like, "It's it's an emotion." He's like, "But what about part two? You know, what if those two beasts that are killing everybody?" No. And I was like, "And I said, no. that's not the no. movie." It doesn't mean that you can't have a sequel no. to that, but don't put it in. Every movie you know doesn't what, need another here's the movie. Thing. People are used to that now, mm-hmm. and what you're what you're doing is that you're dumbing it down and you're disrespecting your audience. Totally. You're disrespecting your audience I when you do so. that. When, so tell if it's me, not necessary. It's not necessary. You know, We're smart yeah. people. We know mm-hmm. how this business works. We know you probably gonna make fifty thousand copies of this. <laughs> but at least for this moment, can we just savor this one moment with mm-hmm. this one character in this time exactly. right now? Exactly. So if you are the type of producer who or director who is saying that to your horror writers, let's let's put an ending in. It's kind of ambiguous. We can get the sequel. Shoot yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because you are disrespecting the audience. True. We are smart, and we want smart horror, and we're not getting smart horror. Cool. That's why I'm telling you, you got to watch other movies. Now, here's the thing that America does that pisses me off, mm-hmm. is we take other people's foreign films, and then we do the remake. Oh, my God. So another thing is don't. <laughs> Study what they've done with mm-hmm. that particular thing, but mm-hmm. most important, once again, as we, you know, we get ready to wrap it up, mm-hmm. is... Find out what it is about you that scares you. Because mm. more than likely, whatever scares you mm-hmm. is going to millions of other people mm-hmm. be fucked up too. And even if there's some people who had never thought about being scared about that, you're going to fuck them up too because they never thought about that. Let me ask you, what would you consider like open water and stuff like that? What, what would you consider those? That's a psychological horror. Okay. See, because that is like one of my biggest fears is being stuck in the water. The ocean you know what is I mean? scary anyway. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> even though I love the ocean and I surf yeah. and I do all that stuff, uh-huh. it's like... A part of me, when I'm sitting there waiting for a wave, where I'm on my boogie board and mm-hmm. I'm just laying there, and I'm like, human beings really don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck is down here. We only know like. And you 10%. be out there in that gray ass water, oh, can't see nothing. God. Shit. Or just out there, and you <laughs> some brush up, get your leg. What's that? The seaweed? Uh-uh. What's that? What's that? Mm-mm. I love that. See, but, I can't even be out there barefoot. I gotta wear them little booty things that everybody <laughs> wears. I can't do it. I can't stand that crunching in the wet. <laughs> I can't stand it. Okay, y'all. You're so bougie. Listeners, I'm a Virgo to the hundredth degree. You I can't are so help bougie. it. I don't be dealing with dirt and stuff. It just don't work but, with me. Okay. So open water, that's like that's psychological okay. horror. Which can be even more See, more that scary. is even more scary to because me. Because it's it can happen and it's real and yes. it's just dealing with human beings. Because you know, the real monsters are humans. Mm-hmm. We're the biggest monsters out there. I mean, even though I love Godzilla and I can't wait to see that <laughs> because I love to see the destruction of the world and I and they've made mm-hmm. Godzilla much bigger and I'm hoping Rodan is all that. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. I love all that stuff. <laughs> but the real ones that just unsettles me mm-hmm. always is when it's just people because in real life, people <laughs> are the real monsters, you know, and it's like, if you can make a good, a really good, I mean, I'm trying to think of, is has there been a really good psychological horror that's come out that's like, whoa. That was scary. I can't think of anything. Right I mean, now. I'm just saying. For me, that was one of the worst mm-hmm. ones in the last. I don't think. I because don't think Open Water happen, Two was the same. Because but it, it can was, happen, and it has happened in real life. True that. True you know, that. in yeah, real yeah, life yeah, with yeah. real people. So yeah, or like I said, and I'm sure the people who wrote that, mm-hmm. that was probably. And I think they were might have been diving themselves, but I know that probably was something scary for them. Sure. To be sure. isolated in Definitely. the water and no people there. So as as a horror writer, you have to find what deeply and you may have to take some time because a lot of people say petty stuff like oh a crazy guy with the knife chasing me like fuck everybody was scared <laughs> of that you know what I mean but I'm saying you really have to dig deep and mm-hmm. find out cycle and that means taking some time to read mm-hmm. um, it, taking time to watch other films like mm-hmm. I said from other foreign countries to see what they're doing well mm-hmm. and um, because what I love about and I've said this before what I love about a lot of Asian horror is the fact that there is no explanation for why shit is messed up. American films, we gotta explain and have a reason. Asian films, shit happens, and to me that's scary, but there's no reason. It just well, happened. I tell you what, we're gonna, we gonna do a part two on this eventually, like maybe during the, down the line in a couple months. Mm-hmm. We'll, you know, we might save it for like, I don't know, for freaking Halloween or some shit, mm-hmm. but we'll have to go into that mm-hmm. because I think that's interesting what you just said right there because it's hard when you're an instructor and you want 
your readers, you want your writers to write things in a certain way, <clears throat> we have a tendency to tell them why. Mm-hmm. You know, why are people trapped here? Why is this monster doing whatever? So that might be an interesting thing we could talk about about why they work over in Japan or in, or in Asia. Or did you say Japan or did you say what did you Japan, say? Japan, Korea, all those. And why they work there and why and how we could change that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, we could get into that at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, on that note. <laughs> um, so, yo, I just thought we'd do a cool little episode for y'all. You know, just have how – this is what Lisa and I would be doing. We'd just be – you know, you see, we would jump All around a little bit. We'd just be talking about horror, just having a ball. So I was like, shit, let's just, let's just record. Let's just talk. You know, let's have a ball. Study, so, your, study your horror, people. Study the horror. You have to. You have to know Stop all of them. Stop watching all that American stuff and thinking that's the end all to be all. Yes. There's so many. And there's so many different. Read books. Genres mixed in with horror. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That you can learn about. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah. So, I just want to give that to y'all. Um, so, with that, Lisa Lisa Coljan. Mm-hmm. We also call her Street Nerdist. Mm-hmm. Where can they find you at? Twitter. <laughs> I am on Twitter. Okay, I'm that's on all Facebook y'all need too, to know. but that's private. That's just fam. That's just tw- Facebook is just for people to know I'm still alive every mm-hmm. now and then because they're mm-hmm. like, "Where have you been?" And I can just put a note and not really have to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> still alive, keep it moving. Still but alive. definitely, I'm I'm most active on Twitter a lot because there's just so many fun things on there, mm-hmm. and I can get real world time response and things that are happening now, especially in film and screenwriting. Like mm-hmm. when it's happening just now, boom, true, true. everybody's talking about it. So Twitter, Twitter. And I am Hilliard Guest, and uh, I am at Hilliard Guest on Twitter. And you can definitely check us out, Screenwriters Rant Room. You can see us on Twitter also. That's Screenwriters RR. And um, um, we didn't do it on this episode, but we do. We will have it um, where you <clears throat> young baby writers or, you know, writers want to come in and hang out with me and Lisa and just sit in here, you know, jump in with us. Have a good time, you know, shoot the shit, <laughs> have some junk food, you know, come over and hang. And you can hit us up at screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. That's right, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. So follow us on Twitter. Um, oh, can I say look, one last thing? One really last quick. thing, really quick. Okay, Go ahead. here's the thing. Um, Tanana Reeve Dew and Stephen Barnes, they have their, um, their zombie flick. Um, and it's called, um, oh shoot, what is it called? Oh, Danger Word. Oh, yeah, so yeah, they yeah, have it right. available on YouTube. So if you go on YouTube and look up Danger Word, it watch free? it. It's free. Oh, you can watch Word. it. It won some awards and things like that. But it's a zombie, um, uh, a zombie horror movie from the sci-fi and fantasy writers Stephen Barnes and Tanana Reeve Do. The movie mm-hmm. is called Danger Word. Just type in Danger Word okay. on YouTube. It's about 18 minutes long. They just did it themselves. They want to start doing horror movies um, Black people doing horror and fantasy and everything else, but I want to make sure I, I let people know about that. Cool. So with that, thank you guys for sitting in with us here. We talked a little bit about horror and all kind of stuff like that, so y'all got a little game on that. <laughs> like I said, we just pretty much turned turn them on just so y'all can hear us go in about that. We just had a ball. So <clears throat> thank you guys again. Here we are, Hilliard Guesses, Screenwriters, Rant Room. <laughs> now with that, what do we say? Keep it street, keep it opinionated, and keep it what? 100. Peace. Yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rap room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. We tune in to the thrillers. And no, ain't no stop. Any topic, even the random random. I hope that you're ready, we entering in the zone soon We only grown shit, welcome to the random